the Word of God speak? He's here in this place. The scripture that he read, I don't know if some of you caught it, but you know John and um, Peter had a foot race to the, resur- to, the, to the resurrection spot. And I was thinking, oh man, wouldn't that be so cool? You know, if I could use my speed and outrun Peter. I wanted to be the first one to be there. Some of you are not so fast thinking, I, I was the Peter. I was the Peter. I, I eventually made it, but I got to see it, you know. I just think, man, the scriptures, the prayers, the songs that we've sung, the words that we've sung, God is doing something in this place this morning. And um, obviously you can read the title of the message today. God has impressed this on my heart, and uh, ever since Brother Kelly had asked me to speak this morning, first off, I thought, anytime you want to put me down for preaching when people get an extra hour of sleep, I'm good. I'm down. <laughs> so I shouldn't see any sleeping out there. You got an extra hour, all right? No, um, but hopefully you have your bulletins. I do want you to take notes along with me this morning because I feel like God has given me a word to pass along to you of how should we, or how will we, wake up on Wednesday, knowing that Tuesday is such a big thing uh, in our country. Um, and I'm just going to go ahead and do it. I, you know, I debated whether to do it or not, and uh, I didn't call Brother Kelly and ask him if I could do this, but you probably are going to be thinking you should have. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you who I'm going to endorse for the candidate. And some of you are thinking, Tim, don't. Tim, just don't do this. You know, there's this whole separation of church and state thing, and well, that's kind of backwards. But um, I should just keep my political views to myself and all this. But uh, if I wind up in jail, I might be taken off to jail. Who knows? Whatever. If I'm endorsing a candidate, and you all are sitting there going, Tim, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Well, I'm going to endorse the Lord Jesus Christ as president of this country. I'll write his name in if I need to. And now you're thinking, oh, Tim, seriously, come on, really? But you know what? There might become a day that I endorse the Lord Jesus Christ and I might get taken off to jail. Because the persecuted church might be not too far from here. Um, I would think we'd all agree maybe our candidates' choice or our choice for candidates is less than ideal, wouldn't you say? But you know what? I don't want somebody too godlike in that position because then I would probably look to that person as the one that would get us out of the moral mess and decay that our country is in. I don't want to do that either. But I think it begins with the church. I don't know that we're being satisfied in the Lord. And He wants to satisfy us. It's not His job. It's not His job to satisfy us. That would make us... God's? No, that's not his job to satisfy us, but he wants to. Isn't that amazing? That you serve a God that wants to complete you and get you the contentment and satisfaction. Now, satisfaction is a strong word. I know when we say that word, it's kind of a buzzword. It's like, well, Tim, when you say satisfaction, there's this kind of a sense that it's all about self. It's all about us. It's all about, well, I think that's what we made it to be. Did you know God wants to satisfy us? Um, I I think of Proverbs 19.23. You can just kind of write that in your notes there, but look it up later. But I'll tell you right now, Proverbs 19.23 says, The fear of the Lord leads to life, and he who has it will abide in satisfaction. 
There is satisfaction to be had. It begins with the fear of the Lord. Now, that's what's not happening in our country. And we're seeing the results of that in the fact that people are looking for things and stuff and events to satisfy them. You might be here this morning, and you might not be a Christian. You might be trying this God thing out. And you've been searching for the meaning of life. You've been searching to... Just get that satisfaction. That hole inside of you is just empty and empty and empty. And every time you try and fill it, it just gets empty again. And you're thinking, what will finally satisfy? What will finally work? I was in the store the other day, and I found it. I found it. The thing that will satisfy the most. A Snickers bar. And even on the back, the proof was, satisfies. Yes, I found it. Well, no, not doing it. I'm sorry. No, not satisfying. Now I'm going to have this chocolate in my mouth the whole time. Anyway, it's water. No, no good. All right. Well, anywhere. But I'm telling you, it's not satisfying. It's good, but it's not satisfying. I'm going to ask you, Andrew and Josh, to come up here for me. Let's look. I'm, I'm a visual kind of a guy, and I, I like to look and, and get taught in word pictures here. And God kind of said, Tim, this is the way you kind of want to go. So we're going to put that wood piece yeah, right at the front. Now, I'm going to be very, very careful to do this demonstration and not get, you pray for me, um, not get any liquid right here on our carpet, which is so nice. Um, now, what we have here, a few glasses, okay? These are the glasses of life, all right? Some things that you might uh, might think in your life, like, thank you guys, um, like your job, okay, your, your, your work life, your spouse, um, married life, uh, parenting, friendships, um, School, and I know students, school is so satisfying, right? Okay, never mind. We'll go there. Um, but these are parts of your life. Now, sports, um, things like this, okay? Now, you have to understand, be careful that these don't turn into idols, okay? Sports can become an idol, Okay, and I teeter on that line. So a lot of you know I'm a Ravens fan, but I teeter on that line of, hey, am I making this an idol? And I have to watch that. God's got to convict me, and, and I ask him to. And, and sometimes we don't want that. Isn't that true? I mean, are you with me? Sometimes we don't want to be convicted or told we ought to change something, right, in our lives. Um, but here's, here's what often we do is, all right, this is good clean water. So, okay, so we, we won't try and drip. If this drips, it's okay. So what we try and do is, you know what? Food satisfies us, huh? Man, how many of you go to a restaurant and you're like, oh, that was so good. And then, what is it? You're empty, you're empty and, and you have, you're hungry six, eight hours later, aren't you? All right, so we, we try and we fill these cups ourselves, right? And guess what happens? Doesn't that glass still look empty? Still, it's empty, doesn't it? Well, that's the, that's what happens. You know, famous people are, they, they want to get famous, but then they get to the point where, oh, it's so empty. And, and, and often 
they'll be just so depressed and everything, thinking they got what, you know, and we look at them like, oh, you should be filled, right? You got all this and all this and all this. Well, what they've been coming trapped to is the things of this world. All of it will leave us empty, all right? Now, Andrew, I'm going to ask you to come back up here. Here's the thing we ought to do, all right? Now, list representing God, we sinned. He sent his son to shed his blood to buy us back. We sang about it this morning. We sang that he came back to life. That should be in here. But I think what we're going to go through today is how do we do this? Because we know our satisfaction should come from God, but how do we do that? All right, so that's where we're going. But let's see if this works. If you could go ahead and hold that in the source, a little bit of Holy Spirit wind. He can fill us. He can fill us. Okay? All those jars. Your job. You can, you can be satisfied in your job, get so much esteem from your job, and think you're satisfied. But you know what your job is? Your job is to spread the word of Jesus Christ to others. That, that's why you have that job. That's why you have that job, is to spread the word of Jesus Christ. And guess what? When the church has a picture of this, and see, what I've been doing is going from cup to cup, but what if I were just to keep holding it and holding it and holding it? What's going to do? Overflow. Shouldn't we not, as the church, be overflowing the love of God, the message of God, to others? That's why we're in the mess we're in. We're not doing our job. Because we're not tapping into the source of true satisfaction. What actually is happening, hopefully this will just kind of sit right there. It might empty, but yeah. Um, what's happening is, we are satisfying ourselves. And what does the, the church say about, or uh, the, the folks in the world say about Christians? Hypocrites. Because we're not overflowing out of what God is putting into us. We're overflowing out of ourself and what we've been doing for ourselves all this time. Now, I'm not going to fault us here in a way, because I, I did a little research. Stats tell us that there is going to be close to 200 billion, okay, B, 200 billion dollars that will be spent on advertising in the U.S. this year alone. 200 billion dollars. Let me give you an idea of what a billion is. One billion, one dollar bills. Line them up, okay, side to side. We'll go around our equator four and a half times. That's $1 billion. $200 billion will be spent this year alone to convince you you need something and that you are lacking something in your life. Now that is $548 million per day, $228 million per hour, $380,000 per minute, $6,341 are spent every second trying to convince you, you need something. And that the world is going to provide it. And that you don't need to tap into the source. 
hey, let's get your eyes off of the source and you can be satisfied with a Snicker bar. That's the enemy, folks. That's the enemy. Fooling all of us, and we wonder why we have the candidates we do running for office. Okay? That is what has overflowed. Not this. So the call to Christians, how will you wake up on Wednesday? Are you going to be satisfied with the candidate that wins? Probably not. So here's some tools. Let's go to the source. Let's go to the one in the Bible that talked about, I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to be content. Everybody know who I'm talking about? Paul. Yeah, Paul. He is the one. Let's go to Philippians chapter 4. Hopefully today, as you take notes, because you'll need to refer to this probably Wednesday morning when you wake up. What Paul has said to us about being satisfied in the Lord. There's some tools. So, so we know, we can all agree that right here we need to be doing this. But you're thinking, how do I do that practically in my life, my, my walk with the Lord? How does that look? And I think these are some tools that we can put in our tool belt and say, hey, this is what we do. Philippians 4, 4 through 20. Would you stand and read with me? Reading of God's Word. Thank you, Paul, for writing this. Now, now understand where he's writing this. He's in jail. He's in jail and he's writing these words. Okay? Remember that. Rejoice in the Lord always. Philippians 4.4. 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness... Be known to all men, the Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, Whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again. Though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer needs. Now think, this is one of the biggest scriptures we recognize in the scripture and I was walking in the mall at a sports store. It's on a shirt. said, I can do all things. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I remember my mom ringing a cowbell, and I'm playing baseball. I'm up to bat. I can do, Tim. I can do. I get what she's saying, but he's in jail talking about being content in every situation. I can do all things. If you're feeling unsatisfied, you're, if you're tempted not to be content right now, I can do all things. 
through Christ who strengthens me. Nevertheless, you have done well that you shared in my distress. Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. Can you imagine there's churches out there that weren't given to Paul? For even in Thessalonica, you sent aid once and again for my necessities. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Indeed, I have all and abound. I am full, having received from Epaphroditus the things sent from you, a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. And my God, is great, love it, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Now to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> this. Let's break this down. All right? And we've got some notes to run through. So we're going to go 100 miles an hour here. First, first point, satisfaction comes from praying the right things. Praying the right things. Look at how he prays. Rejoice. If you don't have something to be thankful for, you're going to have to do something. Think, think, think about what you can be thankful for. If nothing else, that this is red. This represents the blood of Christ that was shed for you and the grace that you can be a recipient of because of what, how God loved us. Rejoice in that. If you got nothing else, rejoice. And he's saying again, again, that means I'm stressing this to you. Rejoice. Uh-oh, let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. When I came to that one, okay, God, I'm convicted. Because something in my house, okay, with four kids below the age of eight, there is not always gentleness. It's not always Michael Bublé and uh, Barry Manilow music going on, all right? It's not that way in my house. And something happens, it seems like, every afternoon that my gentleness is tested. Uh, some of you have been there, all right? Some of you understand what I'm going through. Write this scripture up all over your house, all right? Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Some of you have not been so gentle in your thoughts toward our candidates that we have running, huh? Yeah. Pray. Pray for them. They're less than ideal, but guess what? We were less than ideal, and God still loved us to try and save us, didn't he? All right? They need Christ just as much, all right? Gentleness in all that you do, all right? Being thankful, point number one there, being thankful. Next one, be specific. Look at this. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Remember that. He gets you back to the thanks again. But he says, let your request be made known to God. Now, I looked that up in the Greek, and you know what it meant? Let your request be made known to God. All right? Let's not complicate this. Be specific. Be specific. You know what? We pray sometimes so general that we wouldn't even know if God answered our prayers. Be specific. And I'm not, I'm not saying, oh, I need the next car level up. All right? And, you know, that's not what I'm saying. This is not about health and wealth, prosperity, gospel, all that. I'm not talking that way. I'm talking be specific. As you draw closer to the Lord, His heart will be your heart. And you'll start praying things that matter to His heart. 
as you grow closer to Him. Be specific. Watch God move and work and answer. Boy, that will energize you. Be specific. Satisfaction comes from, next, thinking the right things. Thinking the right things. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, noble, just, right, pure, lovely, good report, those things, right? Thinking the right things. Now, true. Let's look at this. Now, I didn't give you any space to write the question down next to this. So if you want to write that in, that's cool. But true. Think on the truth. Not man's truth. Not the advertiser's truth. God's truth. That means the word of God. Is it based on God's truth? Is what you're thinking based on God's truth? Use the scripture to measure that. Next, noble. Noble. Is, here's the question. Is it worthy of respect? All right. I'm going to ask you something. If I were to put a TV above your head and it showed me everything you were thinking, would I look at you and your thought life as a person worthy of respect? Mm. Wow. Noble. Is it worthy of respect? The thoughts that you're thinking, are they worthy of respect? Ask that question. Right. Okay? Right. Is it something God would approve of? Okay? It's funny. I can, I can look at Anna Joy and I, I can go, or I can go, and I think she's getting it. I think she's understanding the yes and the no, all right? So, is it something God would totally approve of? Ask that question to him, and I guarantee you, he'll go, or, all right? Ask him that question, though. Is it a right thought? Is it a right thought? Next, pure. Is there any sin mixed in with it? Sin. Is there any selfishness in this? Is there any selfishness? Oftentimes, sin is from self. Okay? So ask, is there any sin? Makes with, even the Bible talks about shouldn't even be a hint of sexual morality, right? All right? Sexual immorality, I mean. There shouldn't even be a hint. All right? Lovely. Lovely. Is it going to make God smile? <laughs> ask that question. Is it going to make God smile? When I walk in with some flowers for my wife. She's had a hard day. Maybe the kids have been acting up or something. And I come in with these flowers. These flowers can make her smile or be in tears. Just depends if the flowers are dead or alive, right? (laughs) Right? Is this thought going to put a smile on God's face? Or will it bring him tears? Is it admirable? In other words, is it honoring to God? Is it honoring? Is it going to bring him honor? Will it point people to the cross? Or will it point people away from the cross? Sometimes we have thoughts and that filter inside our mind kind of breaks down and it actually comes out. And guess what? That's where we see 
those outside the church thinking we're hypocritical because we didn't have the filter set up, in place, stop, take that thought, move it along, right? Get it out of my mind, all right? Take every thought captive, right? Yeah. If we use this pattern to capture every thought, then our lives will be, number one, reviewing, based on God's truth, it will be worthy of respect, it will be approved by God, have no hint of sin, it will put a smile on God's face, and it will point others to Christ. This is what he's trying to say to us. Think on these things. I'm telling you, our thought life starts from an advertisement thinking, you need something. You don't have something. Hmm. You know what? That's true. I don't have this. Hmm. The wheels start turning, and we're not thinking the way we should be. And guess what? We've, we've maybe purchased something that, as we've seen, may have just been just a total detriment to what we should have done. And that's maybe not by it, right? We're so consumed with the world and telling us, you need this, you need, just get this, okay? You need this. We got to think the right things. Next one, satisfaction comes from knowing the right things. Knowing the right things. Know how it feels to need. We're in a society that basically tells us it's not okay to need something, just get it. And guess what? I, I have this issue with my kids, and, and probably you all had the same, but we go into a store, and guess what? Oh, can we get this? Oh, can we get that? Oh, I just need this. Oh, I want that. And you know what? I'm just loading up the cart. All right, what do you need? All right, come on, loading up the cart. Loading up. Whoa, that's a lot. No, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. Guess what? If I did that, guess what I'm breeding? Credit card debt. Because when they grow up and they've gotten everything they've wanted, they're going to be, oh, 18, whenever credit cards start coming, and they're going to be like, sweet, I can get everything I want, everything I need. Right? Look at the credit card debt we are in right now. I'm telling you. It's okay to feel the sense of need. Paul felt it. If Paul felt it, I should feel it. (laughs) It's okay to be in need. You know what that will do? Increase your prayer life. God, I need you to meet my need. And I think what we ought to do is really start looking over the list of needs and wants. Because I I venture to say a lot of our wants, or a lot of our needs right there, should be over in the want category. So really start thinking about that. Ask God to give you discernment. He's saying, I know what it has felt felt like to be in need. Then know how it feels to have your needs met. You ever been in a situation where... You were praying and praying and you needed a need met and boom, you know it was only God that met that need. Doesn't that not energize you or does it energize you to go put it on your credit card and say, I got this. I'll take care of this. I think it's more satisfying to know God did all that for you. Isn't that amazing? The question comes, though, is when's the last time you actually saw God meet your need? 
you think about it, we can actually rob God of allowing him to provide for our needs by us just taking care of it ourselves. Deny yourselves. Let God fill those needs. Um, The problem is our society around us is telling us we need the latest and greatest stuff. Because why? $6,500 is spent every second telling you you need it. Satisfaction comes from doing the right things. Doing the right things. Go back to verse 9. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. Do this and the God of peace will be with you. And look what he was saying here. The church of Philippi met his need. They gave out of a generous heart. I'm thinking of these Operation Christmas Child boxes. This guy got a scarf in Africa three years before he moved to Buffalo, New York and needed it. He provided for him. But it took somebody that was willing to have a heart like this to say, I'll meet a need. I'll meet a need for a kid in another country. I have no idea where it's going, but is that your is that your issue? You need to know where things are going? No. You've been called to give. Now, point number one, when you're doing these things, don't build walls. Okay, I don't know. Some of you haven't gotten that yet. Don't build walls. The, the wall, you, all right, some of you are not getting that. But don't build walls, all right? He wants to build this wall to keep people out, but don't we often do that as Christians? Don't we set walls up? Tear down the wall. There were churches. There were churches that built the walls. We're not giving to you, Paul. We're not giving to you. That was not the heart that God wanted. Be willing to freely give. Give sacrificially. Let me go back to the don't build a wall thing, though. I sat across a table about two weeks ago of a church planter in Portsmouth. Okay? He sat there and he told me he heard gunshots outside of his house. And, of course, all of them were you know, scared and things like that. But you know what he told me? He said that right there is ministry. That's ministry. That's a need. Somebody needs Jesus out there. How many of us think that way? Because we build a wall. We build a wall of need. I'll go this far, Lord, but here's my wall. I'm not going past it. Whoa, 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 whoa. Everything you've been given is from him. Okay? I've never seen a U-Haul behind a hearse. You're not taking it with you. Okay? You're not. Not taking it with you. So give. Give sacrificially. David asked, should I offer to the Lord that which cost me nothing? (laughs) Think about what we give to God. Sometimes it could be like, I came home and said, honey, I bought you a ring. I bought you a ring, honey. Her face would drop. She's thinking, oh, you've worked so hard. You've maybe earned extra money. You've somehow... did something behind my back you bought me a ring 
And I look at her and say, enjoy it. It's a ring pop. <laughs> what? A ring pop? I say, it's cherry. Come on, this is great. She's not into that. She's not. No, because, see, anyway, give sacrificially. Give sacrificially. Sometimes we're just giving ring pops to God. It's not hurting us. Not doing a thing, is it? But when we give sacrificially, man, it hurts us. David said, ah, should I offer to God something that costs me nothing? That's not a sacrifice. It's not giving. Have an open hand. Have an open hand. That's the next point. Have an open hand. When you have an open hand and you're giving maybe, you know, to God, to others, you're blessing other people, whatever. Here's the problem. If you close that hand, how's going to God give, how's God going to give you more to give? When your hand's closed like that, He can't give you more to give. And you're just holding on too tight. Open up. Open up. The whole point is satisfaction comes from doing the right thing. Doesn't it feel awesome when you've blessed somebody else by giving a need and it met their need and God used you to give them that need? Wow. I get it energized, excited about that. Well, the question becomes, how will you wake up Wednesday morning? Or should it be, how should you wake up Wednesday morning? Not putting your confidence in humans, but maybe you need to start this journey of not being satisfied by the things of this world. Okay, It's a call to us. How much are we satisfied by the things of the, of the world? Pray the right things. Think the right things. Know the right things. Do the right things. Lastly, turn to Colossians. Turn to Colossians, chapter 4. I want you to see something. Colossians, chapter 4, 14. There's not much said about a man named Demas in the Bible. Not much. But you see him here in Colossians 4, 14. Luke... This is, this is Paul writing to the church of Colossae here, and he says, he, he's doing the greeting thing, but he does it at the end, and he's mentioning all these people. He says, Luke, the beloved physician, and Demas greet you. Okay, now that you turn there, let's go over to uh, Philemon. Okay, Philemon, take a right, all right, Philemon. It's like one chapter. So it's there between Titus and Hebrews. Philemon, and look at verse, since there's only one chapter, I'm giving you the verse here. Look at verse 24. Okay? Hey, we see Demas again. All right, verse uh, 24 says, As do Mark. Well, what they're saying, what he's saying there in verse 23, Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, greets you, as do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, Luke, my fellow laborers. See Demas again. Pretty cool. Alright, promise. Last one. Second Timothy. Second Timothy. Now, what do you know about Second Timothy? This was Paul's last letter. Okay, this is the end of his life. Paul's realizing he's going to have to lay his life down for the sake of the cross and for the sake of Jesus. His last letter, Second Timothy. This is the end. And I want you to look at Second Timothy. Chapter 4, 
verse 9. Be diligent to come to me quickly, for Demas has forsaken me. Having loved this present world and has departed from Thessalonica. Demas fell into the trap that he was just going to let the world fill his, his glasses. He dropped Paul and his ministry for the things of the present world. I pray that's not us. I pray that's not you. I pray it won't happen to me. That we would just fall for the things of this world. The enemy's trying to get us to. He surely is trying to get us to. And so that's the prayer today. That you wouldn't be a Demas. Don't be a Demas. God loves you. He wants to use you. If you're here today, you've been searching. And you haven't found any satisfaction. It can come through the blood of Jesus Christ. When you finally say, I'm at the end. I'm done searching for the things in this world to to bring me satisfaction. I want satisfaction in the Lord. You could do that. Just empty yourself and say, Lord, fill me up. I believe you died because you love me and that you came back to life. And that's a life that I want to follow. That's a life that I want to be with. I want to live. Some of you are here today and you need to come. And you need to pray. So I've been too much into this world. I've been too much wrapped up in the things that this world is telling me. I need to confess. And there might be a specific area of your life that you need to lay down here at this altar. You need to get tapped in to the source. God, This morning, as we come to this time of invitation, you are inviting us. You might be inviting somebody that is lost and destined to death eternally. And you might be calling them out here today, saying, just stop running. Stop looking for satisfaction here in this world. It's not going to happen. Draw them to yourself here this morning, Lord. I pray you would convict our hearts where we have things in in our lives that we just want to keep holding on to and won't lay down. Lord, help us to be satisfied in you, for you to fill us up. God, thank you for your love, your grace, your forgiveness. No matter what we've done, you're ready and willing to forgive us. God, thank you so much. Pray this is your time, your place. Do what you want. In Jesus' name, amen.